Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. 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 I've been on a kind of journey into yesterday. I went to my hometown on our days off and saw the old neighborhoods I used to live in. They've torn them all out. That's kind of a commentary. And uh, saw where I grew up. Most of my friends were killed. Um, one of my friends, cop shot him in the face with a shotgun and killed him and just horrible life. And I just drive around weeping, thanking God for what God done for me in my life. Hallelujah. 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 It wasn't because I deserved it. Come on, why in the world out of uh, that large city would God look down a little half Jew down there living on the street? 13 years old, living on the street, I took a picture of the doorway I used to sleep in and, and took a picture of the jail. I spent four months when I was 16. They wouldn't let me go to reform school because I'd caused so much trouble and, and uh, done several months there. Then when I got out, they was waiting to handcuff me and take me to another place to do time. And I went over and took a picture of the little Pentecostal church where I got the Holy Ghost and God changed my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I was preaching a Bible conference in Florida a few years ago, three or four years ago, and my pastor, Pastor Stanford from Boston, had been there, and he was preaching a soul-winning seminar, and he told about some people he met when he started his church. And he said, I met the meanest, rottenest thug I've ever met in my life. He said he was a burglar and a thief and a and uh, no good. He said I'd go over and he'd be passed out in the on the sidewalk. Couldn't even get up to the porch and passed out drunk. And and uh, just about the church had grown just about where Pastor Stanford could go full time and quit his job. He was working, bringing that, uh, growing that church. And and uh, a young preacher came. Him and his wife and family moved, and they're very wealthy people. And one night I'd gotten a fight and. And stumbled into the church and, and all bloody. And uh, I wasn't pretty then like I am now. I had an old beard and wore a black patch over my eye. And that young preacher came to Brother Stanford and said, If you let people like that come to your church, my family and I is leaving. We're not going to church with people like that. And Brother Stanford stood there a minute and he said, don't let the door hit you on the way out, buddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he said, I've tried to follow the life of, of, of the young preacher that didn't have the burden and said his daughter had to get married and he ran off on her and abused her and just on and on. His son became a drug addict, was in rehab, just hit his wife, were divorced. Young preacher. And he said, uh, oh, the old bum. He said, that was Brother Mahaney. He preached your Bible conference last week. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Praise God. So don't ever, ever underestimate what God can do in a person's life. Psalms, the 20th chapter. Psalms, the 20th chapter. Great to be here tonight on this cool evening. Hallelujah. 71 yesterday. And feel like we're at the North Pole today. If you don't like the weather in Kansas City, just hang around, man. Hallelujah. Psalms, the 20th chapter, the 20th division of the book of Psalms. I know you're not going to shout over this, but this is the only book that is divided into books and chapters. You got it? The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen strength Strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all the offerings and, ac and accept thy burnt, burnt sacrifice, Selah. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. Read the fifth verse with me. We will rejoice in thy salvation. I want to preach a little while tonight on the fight of your life. The fight of your life. You may be seated. God bless you all. Hallelujah. I don't know if you know it, but the devil is going to go nuts. The greater we, re revival we have, the more the devil's going to fight. But I got news for you. He's already been whipped. Hallelujah. Jesus already whipped him on an old rugged cross. I remember when I first got in church, some young preachers and I were going to go out and knock doors and and uh, I've never seen a man I was afraid of. I've never seen a crowd I was afraid of. I've never seen a devil I was afraid of. I shouldn't tell you guys this because we got some uh, rotten guys sitting here. But, but uh, one thing that frightens me, and that's a dog. <laughs> and uh, flying dogs and dentists frighten me. So my idea of hell would be getting a root canal at 30,000 feet with a Doberman watching me. And, and so we decided to knock doors, and they said, who'll do the talking? I said, I'll do the talking. I used to sell elevator tickets in one-story buildings before uh, I got born again. So I walked up and knocked on the door, and about that time, a big old black German shepherd dog come running around the side of the house. And it was coming so fast it spun out. You ever seen one spin out? And uh, I looked back, and his tail wasn't wagging. And I'd read that morning that a German shepherd has 80 pounds draw pressure when it bites down on you. And the devil said, that dog's going to get you, Mahaney. And I said, the first time you ever told the truth in history, it had to be on me. <laughs> and, and I couldn't get over the fence. I was too fat. And, and the other guys hadn't got in the fence yet. And, and so I just closed my eyes and lifted my hand and said, God, you're going to have to help me. And that dog just, just right down around my ankle. And it felt real funny. And I said, uh, and I opened my eyes again. And it hit me again. And about that time, the lady stepped out and said, don't worry. We had all these teeth pulled so he couldn't hurt anybody. And I said, what? And she said, we had his teeth full so we couldn't hurt anybody. About that time, the other guys were coming in the gate. I said, come on, almighty men of valor. Hallelujah. <laughs> then I got to laughing and worshiping God because Jesus pulled the devil's teeth 2,000 years ago on an old hill called Golgotha. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, we've already got the victory. We just need to push him off of our turf. When I was in the world, I used a pair of brass knuckles, and now I'm in the church. I got an ax and two thirty-eight. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Come on, I fought all my life. Everything, I've never had a revival I didn't have to fight for. Come on, I've never got anything in the spirit realm I didn't have to dig and claw and scrape and fight for it. Come on, the devil doesn't want to turn loose from what he thinks is his, but I got news for you. It belongs to us, and Jesus whipped him on an old rugged cross. I was reading a few years ago about uh, a boxing match. It was a heavyweight champion match back in the early 50s, and Rocky Graziano, an old street fighter, was fighting a, a German pugilist named Ezra Charles. And this, uh, Ezra Charles, one of those fancy boxers, and, and uh, Graziano was an old street fighter. And Charles knocked him down one, one time, and, and he got up again, just kept coming. And Ezra Charles knocked him down again. He got up and just kept coming. And they'd fight a while. He'd knock him down, and he'd get up and keep coming. And finally, he started saying, stay down. Stay down, man. Don't get back up. And he just kept getting back up and finally knocked his block off and whipped him and won the championship. And they told him after the bout, said, we appreciate your sportsmanship. He said, it wasn't sportsmanship. I knew anybody that had that kind of gust just keep getting up after the whipping I was giving him. He said, I knew I couldn't handle him. Hallelujah. Come on, we've all been knocked down, but we ain't been knocked out. Hallelujah. Come on, we've all been through the trial. God talked to me today when I was coming down here, and, and God talked to me about our young people. I feel like we need uh, a unity, and, and uh, I, I, I feel like our young men are coming into that unity. Come on. And the devil doesn't like that. You see, in the Hebrew, when the banners set up, it meant that the stronghold of the enemy had fallen, and the, the soldiers had made their way to the hill and put the banner up, and the, and, and the place was secured. The battle was won. He was talking about Jesus and his banner on an old rugged cross. Hallelujah. Come on, the word for battle or banner in the Hebrew is dagel, D-A-G-E-L. And it means a, a, each tribe had a symbol on their flag. I don't see a Hebrew flag in here. And need to get you one. Hallelujah. And, uh, but... When they took the hill, they set up the banner, and that meant they had whipped the enemy, and everything was in charge. See, Jesus walked down to the gates of hell and kicked them down like a Sherman tank. Hallelujah. And took the keys of death and hell and the grave from the devil. Almost feel sorry for the devil sometimes. Don't even have a key to his own house. That's right. Hallelujah. Come on. And he took it and he set his banner called Calvary on an old hill 500 yards outside the Damascus gate and won the greatest victory anybody has ever won. See, the song of Solomon 2.4 says, His banner over me is love. He stretched that banner over me. Hallelujah. He stretched that banner over me. See, David, David talked about the banners of the Lord. I want you to know God won a decisive victory on that old rugged cross. Come on. I said God won a decisive victory on that old rugged cross. The enemy is going to come in every way he can. All he's got to do is find some nitwit. Hallelujah. Come on, some knucklehead that thinks they know him more than everybody else. You know, the, 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 I've never taken uh, kung fu or uh, karate, none of that stuff. I always had a Smith & Wesson. That was easier. And... And, but the theory of judo is they use your weight to throw you. Boy, they could throw me plumb back to Kansas City, couldn't they? Hallelujah. He said, I like your wineskin. Yeah, some of us takes bigger wineskins than the rest. Hallelujah. But the thing about it is God stretches this love across us. 
and God protects us. Come on, the Bible said fear not. Over 365 times it says fear not. And as it said, David set up his banners and the battle belongs to God. And the enemy's going to come in every way he can. He watches for somebody that'll, and, and the devil can't read your mind. Let me just tell you this right now. The devil can't read your mind. But he's a character study. He'll watch you. Come on, whatever turns you on or turns you off, he'll, he'll set somebody right close to you like that. Come on. If, if, if there's somebody with a personality that grates against yours, he'll put that person right with you. Hallelujah. Come on, you know why? Because if he can get you to drop your guard, he'll move in. And if he can get just one little niche in the wall, come on, if he can get just one attitude and find one attitude, come on, folks, we got to guard our attitude in these very uh, exciting times when God has got us on the move and we're moving. It's an exciting thing. Hallelujah. See, World War II, all the Allied forces had between them and, and, and Japan was a rock island called Iwo Jima. And they had to have Iwo Jima to get to, to, get to uh, Japan. So on February the 5th, 1945, the 5th Marine Amphibious Corps assaulted the beach of Iwo Jima. The next morning, they had 30,000 Marine helmets stacked up. Men gave their life to take a little old rock island. But during the battle, they fought hand-to-hand -hand combat. They used flamethrowers. My dad was in that battle. He, he, he wouldn't even talk about it. But they used flamethrowers and hand-to-hand -hand combat, and they fought. And finally, finally, about four soldiers, four Marines, got up to the Mount of Sarabachi, and, and they began to push back, and they began to take that flag up to the top of that mountain. And they planted that flag on top of Sarabachi, and that, began, that, that became the rallying call for World War II. Hallelujah. They put that picture everywhere, and they got a spirit of gung-ho. We ought to look at Calvary and see what God's done in our life and how God gives us the victory. There was a greater victory won that day than, 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 than Churchill or MacArthur or anybody else ever won. Come on, you know why? Because he let all the prisoners out. Hallelujah. Hell thought, if I can just stop him, if I can stop him, if I can keep him from going to that cross. But Jesus had told them back in Genesis, the third chapter, he said, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to whip you, and here's how I'm going to whip you. Hallelujah. If I was going to have to, I wouldn't see anybody here I'd sweat much if I was back in the world fighting, but if I was going to have to fight somebody, and I wouldn't tell them how I was going to fight them. Me and my sons has always uh, fought. We do it today. And they've always fall for an old fake. I'll get up there and I'll drop it and they'll drop theirs and I'll pop them one every time. I don't hit them hard or hurt them, but we like to play around like that. And the devils use the same old tricks. Come on, the devil's used the same old junk on us. The devil's used the same old stuff. Well, the world's so beautiful, and, the, and, and he paints a pretty picture. Do you know it said the visage of Jesus was marred more than any other man that ever lived? And you know what his desire is? He still wants to mar the visage of the body of Christ. He wants you girls with your face torn up because of sin. He wants you boys with needle tracks on your arms. He wants you kids in a prison with tattoos all over you and all that junk. Come on, he wants, to mar, he wants to mar the visage of the body of Christ. But you are a temple of God. You're a special person. They introduced me to preach in a, in a youth prison where we had a 1,000 people receive the Holy Ghost in that youth prison. And uh, when they introduced me, the state guy introduced me, and he said, uh, Chaplain Mahaney, 80% of the people in this prison, are the, the young people are illegitimate. 
And well, he knows how to build. I thought, well, he knows how to build self-esteem. I got up and I said, don't pay any attention to him. I said, you're not illegitimate. What your parents done was illegitimate. You're a plan in God. Come on, you're a plan in God. Hallelujah. I said, you're a plan in God. God's got you ready. Everybody here is special. Come on. I know the devil likes to make you feel isolated. Well, nobody likes me. And, and uh, I'll show you how the devil builds strongholds. You're driving home from church one afternoon, and you and your wife are, are uh, cruising along, and you say, honey, Brother Gleason never even spoke to me. Well, she'll say, maybe he knows what I know about you. And then your half-wit teenager in the back seat said, everybody ignores me. Come on. And you know what you do? You build a little stronghold. Come on, that little devil sets up in a little Nike tennis shoe just kicking you every time you try to come out. Hallelujah. And you can shout and jump and holler all you want to, but that doesn't get the stronghold out. There's only one thing that will wash that stronghold away. You need to sit down and hear a man of God preach the principles of the Word of God that will forever change your life. Come on, if the devil can get strongholds. I said, if the devil can get strong, I don't like cliques in churches. Now, I know everybody's got chums they hang out with. I've got friends that I call all the time and, and uh, conference we go out and eat and stuff. But I'm talking about uh, cliques where we exclude people because of economic strata. Come on, they didn't come from as much as opportunity that you did. And come on. Maybe they're the wrong culture. Come on. That's the reason God entered into a blood covenant with Abraham, not a skin covenant. God doesn't go by skin. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on. I actually saw a church split one time because somebody sang somebody else's song as a special. And I said, did you write the song? They said, no. And I said, you know what? You ought to start a stupid club and appoint yourself president and the vice president and the secretary and treasurer. We need to guard ourselves. Come on, we need to guard ourselves. We need to guard ourselves. There's nothing the devil would rather do than try to come in and stop what God's doing right here in this metroplex. Come on, hallelujah. But I believe God's going to open up that building. It, it is an awesome building. We walked around in there, and I said, I said, this is awesome, Gleason. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. And I believe you could run four or 500 by the time, by time you moved into that new building. Come on. But you know what the devil would like to do? He'd like to get in and sow discord. He'd like to get in and stop it. But I got news for you. Jesus whipped him and hung his banner on an old rugged cross, and everything's in control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we've traded the, the banner of Christ for the white flag of surrender. The fruits are coming out of their closet and the church is running for the closet. Hallelujah. Come on. A few years ago, me and the rock group, rock, rock group Kiss got into it. In fact, I'm in a movie right now called Detroit Rock City. They just played it the other night on HBO. And, and, uh, they told me, hallelujah. <laughs> and we got on there. They said, are you against the music played backwards? I said, I'm against it backwards, sideways, upside down, however you play it. When they tell our girls to give their virtue away, it's okay for our boys to be queers. 
Come on. And there's no high. And, 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 and Gene Simmons said, oh, you're a small-time bozo, Mahaney. And I said, don't come down here hiding behind that makeup chump. If you ain't got the guts to face me, I said, you don't need to be jumping up in my face. And I said, next time you come back messing with our kids, I'm going to be right in your face again. We call this in-your-face evangelism. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, well, I wouldn't do that. I know that's why God's got a net out here. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm not going to let them take our young people. I preached over 180 youth camps, and I preached to young people all across our world. And we've never had a greater crop of young people than we got in the year 2003. Hallelujah. Come on, we got some young people that's bad to the bone. We got some young people God's going to use. See, Jesus used three words on that bald-headed, buck-toothed, knock-kneed, yellow-bellied, bull-legged, skimp-back devil. It is written. It is written. It is written. So you're not in this by yourself. If the enemy can isolate you, come on, you've got to get your feelings off your shoulder. I know you're not going to believe this. You'll probably say, Brother Mahaney, you're mistaken. But I've been criticized. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's been times it wasn't for me and Stone King and Jeff Arnold. wouldn't have any conversation around coffee tables. Hallelujah. I don't care. I refuse to hear that. Come on. You say, well, people don't. Listen, the Bible said if there's anything lovely, if there's anything pure, if there's anything holy, thank on these things. Hallelujah. Come on. It's time for war. It's time for the church to get in the devil's face. It's time for the church to get out of our spiritual playpens. It's time to strap on our helmets. Hallelujah. And fix our bayonets and get our two-edged sword. You know why he wears a, I was, I don't care nothing about sports. I'll be honest with you. I, my wife and I went and, and watched him ski one time, and I slipped and fell and hurt myself just standing and watching him. <laughs> and, but I was coming through Dallas, and, and I turned the radio on trying to catch the news and the weather, and it was the end of a football game. And the Cowboys were playing. Of course, they were losing. And, uh, and a fight broke out on the field. And a guy made a statement that stuck in my mind. He said, boy, you can tell that guy's a rookie. And the other guy said, why? And he said, nobody takes her helmet off in a fight but a rookie. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's no, it's no mistake he went to Skull Hill. It's no mistake he wore that crown of thorns around his brow. It's no mistake that he said, we got a helmet of salvation. We need to guard our minds. Come on, we need to guard our minds. We need to guard our minds. We need to guard our minds. Come on, don't look at church uh, affiliation. and We look at the banner. Armies live by their weapons. That's how armies exist. I remember when I was uh, 18, Vietnam War was raging, and I got a letter one day said, Charles Mahaney, your friends and neighbors have selected you for a tour of duty in the armed forces. I thought, which one of those idiots do I'm going to whip them? So it said I was supposed to report this and, and we'd ride my bus to Kansas City and uh, I took my physical here in Kansas City. We got so drunk on the way up there. They couldn't get us off the bus. And I had a ponytail and big old beard. We walked in there and a big old drill instructor. I found out the first two minutes I was with him. I didn't want to be a Marine. <laughs> uh -uh. 
He said, fall in. I said, what are you talking about, man? He said, you get over there. Said, said, we're getting ready for our hearing test. And I said, huh? <laughs> and I've got 27 tattoos. When uh, used to be in jail, we didn't have anything to read. The guys would read me. <laughs> the guy come around with a clipboard marking everybody's tattoos. And you don't need to know what any of them are. Hallelujah. <laughs> and... And the guy come up with the clipboard and said, look at this guy, man. And they stood there and looked at my tattoos. And I found out I didn't feel like I wanted to be in the military. And they wouldn't take me. They said, we'll take the kitchen sink, and then you're next. <laughs> my cousin went up, an idiot already. My cousin went up. And they turned me down, my cousin, a little old guy about that tall, arms about as big around as this microphone, <laughs> and joined the Marine Corps, and they took him. He said, we got off that bus at Camp Pendleton, California. He said, I never had anybody talk to me like that in my life. He said, you'd like to go call your mama, would you? And they said, no, sir, we don't want to talk to our mama. You're our mama. <laughs> Hallelujah. They set my cousin down in a chair and said, would you like to uh, keep your ponytail? And he said, yeah. And they said, okay, zip, and just threw it in his lap. <laughs> he said, we got up before daylight. We ran everywhere we went. He said, well, we was out on bivouac one day, and he said, I was laying there, and a mosquito bit me, and I slapped the mosquito, and that sergeant made me find a mosquito that was dead and bury that mosquito. <laughs> then he asked me, his, my, my cousin's name was Clint. He said, Clint, was that mosquito you killed a male or a female? He said, I don't know. And he said, well, dig it up. Let's find out. <laughs> Treat him like a dog. But I want you to know when those men landed, they had the best fighting machine the world's ever known. Come on, we took the Battle of the Bulge. We took, we took all those places. Our men went in and laid their life down. And you know what? I've, I've thought about it. If I was going to go to, gonna have to go to the military, and some of you young men here may have to go die in this war that's coming up right here, I pray to God you don't. I pray to God you don't. If war breaks out, our Bible college is going to be so full. Hallelujah. I pray to God you don't. I'd never go against Israel. I'd go to federal prison before I'd go fight against Israel. But he told me, he said, we could whip anything. And I thought if I was going to have to go to the military, you know what kind of sergeant I'd really want? I'd want one that looked like King Kong and smelt like Lassie with a thunderstorm for a voice. Come on. Come on. I'd want, a, I'd, I'd want a DI that had me ready to go into battle. They dropped them out, and for 30 days, all they have is a knife. He said, we ate rats and snakes and snails. Hallelujah. Because they was defending something that was bigger than them. They was defending the freedom of this land. Now, idiots urinate on the flag and burn it. I was at a swap meet out in California. Me and uh, Jimmy Larson was busy, so uh, Mark Hattaball took me to swap meet. And we, I, I like to go look at these things and, and Gentile folks down and, and uh, 
There was an old guy sitting there had a whole table full of medals. Had the silver, all, just all kinds of medals. You could buy them for $3 on up. And I looked up and there's an old guy coming down through there, had an old army jacket on and one of those old floppy army hats and, and had a, uh, one of his legs missing and had a, on his wheelchair had a flag with an American flag sticking up. And he said, what are you doing selling those medals? He said, I thought somebody might want to buy them. He just reached over and just kicked that thing. Those medals went everywhere. He said, I got my medal with my buddies dying all around me. He said, I got my medal by losing my leg and, 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 I, and, the right, and my right vision. He said, I got mine in combat. You sit out here and somebody could buy the same thing I got for, for $3? Come on. And I stood there and thought about that. And Mark had him. You know Mark had him. I call him Duck. I said, Duck, hallelujah. <laughs> I said, think about that. Where's the heroes? Where's the heroes of Pentecost? Come on. See, God's got some great things. Finally, the Bible said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. When they went out to face the enemy, you know what they done? They appointed singers and dancers. Close your mind up. Wear the helmet of salvation. Come on, we're a sleeping giant called the church of the living God. Hallelujah. And she's beginning to stir herself. Hallelujah. 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 You know what I like about the Bible? There's no devil in the first two chapters of the Bible, no devil in the last two chapters of the Bible. Come on. Come on. He spends all them books whipping the devil and putting his foot to his derriere and kicking him over the walls of eternity. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. There's no devil in the first two chapters, no devil in the last two chapters. And he said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He said, if you'll make up your mind in any service, any place, you can not only, you don't have to wait until revelation, you can have a devil-free environment and worship and praise. And he said, I'll give you the victory. Hallelujah. Come on. I think God would like to create a devil-free environment so our young people could get a touch. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know what we'll ever do if we go to World War again without John Wayne. But God's going to do something for this last day church. He said, watch these signs. When you see Jerusalem surrounded with armies, you better look up because your redemption draws nigh. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, God's going to have a people in these last days. And we're going to be great and do exploits. See, worship brings us into his presence and drives out the presence of the enemy. Hallelujah. We're not whole call. Come on, Calvary. And when you plead the blood, it pleads the blood that he shed and whipped the devil. And it is still whipped the devil. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's create a devil-free environment here just a minute. Come on, let's worship him and create a devil-free environment. Come on, he appointed singers before the Lord to say praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And the enemy was smitten before their eyes. David, leaning on the top of his staff, said, You come out with all those weapons. I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Come on, we need a devil-free environment. Come on, I want you to clean them out of where you're at back there. 
I want you to worship till he can't stay in this place. Come on. I want you to get, the Holy Ghost wants me to want you to get to a place that you station guards around your mind and around your mouth. Come on, that you won't offend where the enemy can come in. I want seven or eight of our daughters of Zion, our prayer warrior women. I want you to get out and begin to walk around these aisles. Come on, we're going to create, come on, walk around these aisles. We're going to create a devil-free environment in here. Come on, he put on flesh so we could wear his robe. He lay in our grave so we could sit on his throne. They called him a liar so we could have the truth. He became weak so we could be strong. He became poor that we could be rich. He became sick that we could be healed. Come on. I'm my beloved and he is mine. His banner over me is love. I'm my beloved and he is mine. His banner over me is love. Come on, he didn't win a one-time victory on, a, on Calvary. He set up the banner for the ages. I want you young men, I don't want you to go pray for your buddy you always pray for. I want you to go pray for some dude that you hadn't prayed for in a long time. Just go over by and begin to pray. Come on. Come on, we're going to guard our minds. Come on, you ladies, go over and pray for somebody. There's an impartation of the anointing. 
a little bit of what you are moves to that person when, when you pray for them. Come on, you ladies, go over to somebody and begin to pray for them. God, I feel an anointing in this place. I feel the anointing rising. Every night of this revival, the anointing has risen. Come on. This anointing is going to slop over on us before the weekend's over. Come on, sometimes circumstances can contradict purpose in your life. But your purpose is not, your purpose is what God's called you to. Every thought that the enemy puts in your mind unaborted will attach itself to an incident. The harvest God wants to recede is in our minds. Come on, I want you to station guards around your mind. Put that helmet of salvation, don't take your helmet off in the rumble. Come on, we're not leaving anybody behind. It's a motto of the Navy SEALs. We won't leave one of our men behind. If he's alive or dead, we're bringing him out. Come on. We're not leaving anybody behind because they're attacked by the enemy. We're bringing them out. Greater is he that's in me. Come on, God's broke out on this place. Uh, 
I wasn't through with my God's broke out on this place. Come on. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.